And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring Mr. Stone Gossett. Four Legs Podcast Pro Jam Live Experience. It is Randy Sobel here, Maddie H or Matt Raymond. Yeah. Whatever you'd like to be called, sir. Episode one. Yeah, you fired up? You ready? I'm ready to go, man. We've been I think we've been ready to go for a while here. We've been talking about this. So we uh we started the group what two weeks ago around this the the time that Chicago was going on. Yeah. We've been promoting, we've been getting the word out there, and we've Made a lot of awesome friends, and uh, mm-hmm. now it's get, it's time to get down to business. We've done all like the meet and greets and stuff, and now it's yeah. it's time for the content. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it was really awesome the people that that came out to meet and greet, and it's also like you said, uh, you know, meeting some friends. Uh, um, you know, some of the other guys doing podcasts have also been very good to us. You know, kind of showing us the way and. Uh, giving us some plugs and stuff. If you want to mention them real quick, a real, a real early shout out to, uh, to the Brad's. I know Brad Lyons probably doesn't know who I am, you know, unless, uh, uh, Blaze had told, told him about us, which he probably did. He probably might've mentioned it at one point. Uh, but Brad B and, and I have been back and forth and he's been so good about this. And like, I, I, you know, I went up to him and I asked him, you know, Hey, is it cool if we do this? And he was like, man, that'd be awesome. This is a great idea. You know, if you guys need anything and he, we've been back and forth ever since. And now I can consider him my friend and, and it's really cool. It was really cool of them. And, you know, we want to share this together instead of compete together. So, uh, we're really, we're really happy to be a part of this community and now celebrate. Yeah. Class, class act guys for sure. And, uh, they run a tight ship over there. Absolutely. And this is like their year anniversary too, which is crazy. Yeah. You know what, uh, what was it? I think was, uh, was, uh, night two their year anniversary or was it the, uh, maybe the day after I, yeah, something like that. Or was it, was it maybe the day before? I think it was in between like the third, fourth and fifth. So yeah. Happy, happy anniversary guys. That's, uh, that's awesome. Player slide whistle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just a quick synopsis of what we're going to be doing. So it's, Every single episode is going to feature a different live Pearl Jam show from their history. So, you know, obviously we start off with what's fresh and current, the last two shows uh, in two different episodes. But we're going to go back to the early years. We're going to do stuff from the Riot Act tour. We're going to do stuff from 
other stadium shows. We're going to kind of mix it all in as much as possible. And uh, this is really where you guys come in to try to help us out, right, Matt? Yeah, totally. We need you guys to call in. We need you guys to write in. We need you guys to text us, Facebook us, Instagram us. I don't care how you do it. Get to us because we need your stories. Uh, we want to hear where you've been. We want to hear what you've seen. We want to talk to you because uh, I enjoy your company, Randy, but we need other people's opinions, you know? Yeah, we want your eyewitness testimonies from uh, the shows that you've been to because I started going to shows in 08. Matt started, you know, early 2000s and kind of, you know, around 06, 08 really started to go to more. Um, and we only have between the two of us and there's a lot of combined going in there, but 33 shows between two of us. I just celebrated my 20th birthday and Matt is on 13. So he's an adolescent teen. I am even stuff. We talked to a lot of people this weekend, just about the first time they saw we, um, our friend Mike has a really good story that we'll uh, get to at some point about, uh, seeing Pearl Jam open for Nirvana and, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers back in 1992. So that's the kind of stuff that we're really looking yeah. for. And, you know, we'd love, we'd love to hear your stories. I think he even said, uh, you know, kind of once Pearl Jam went on, uh, he was kind of like, who the hell are these other guys? <laughs> which which I, I, could, I could see being true. Um, we also want to know about, uh, you know, because we're going to be talking about a lot of shows we've been to. We're going to be talking about a lot of those kind of key shows that we haven't been to. And we want to know, like, uh, you know, what, what, what shows uh, do you wish you guys have gone to? Or, uh, you know, uh, any shows you look back on saying, oh, sh- you know, I should have I traveled to uh, Germany for that or something. So we want, we want to hear about all that stuff. And then we'll get into, we'll do every episode. Every episode will have sort of, you know, gritty details. We'll get into like, you know, hot, hot button topics about openers or closers, whatever the case may be. But like, you know, we're going to, we're going to get into it all. There's a lot, there's a lot to do. Sure. Um, before we get into doing the Fenway show, I just want to share our stories with you guys and let you guys know who we are and where we kind of come from. And, uh, we, we've, especially this weekend, we met a ton of Pearl Jam fans and new fans and made so many new friends. Really great people too. I mean, really great people. And you would think maybe like, Oh, did the two of them, did you guys meet at a show? And, and no, we, uh, we met in the first grade Sherwood elementary school. Um, yeah. and we both grew up in Iceland pretty, pretty close, uh, you know, around the block from each other almost. And, it was first grade, and I think we became friends because I had a back cave, and Matt had the other back cave. I had the the yeah uh, yeah. We got to put together the mega back cave, right? Yeah, it might have been like uh, you know you had the you might have had the animated series back cave. I might have had the movie back cave. I don't know. It was uh, yeah. We wanted to have the best bat caves ever. We wanted to combine the bat caves. You know, it leads me into saying like, our we grew up with not just bat, bat caves but we grew up really learning music together and you know your your dad being a bassist and my dad having absolutely no musical talent whatsoever but enjoying music at least you know my my dad would always have like either rolling stones or the eagles on in the car which i fucking hate the eagles dude, i hate the fucking eagles um but, you know, that sort of that got me to kind of branch out on my own. I would say that the three 
early influences on my musical tastes were my dad and mom, then my brother, who is like Steve is to, to Matt. Steve is nine years older than Matt, and my brother is 11 years older than me. So he listened to, you know, a lot of the early 90s stuff, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, a lot of Fish, a lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers, and he got into The Dead and other things like In Excess, too, which I really liked. Love In Excess. Love In Excess. Kick is, like, still one of my favorite albums. And then the other influence to my musical taste, being at your house. You know, your mom always had something on. Your dad was really into it. It was always the Beatles at some point. R.E.M. was huge because it felt like because we liked R.E.M. it felt we were cool in 1995 because we felt like R.E.M. was like a cool band. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, who was listening to R.E.M.? I mean, I, you know, I still say to this day, I say, you know, hey, um, one of my all-time favorite bands is R.E.M. and a lot of people say, you know, who is R.E.M.? And I say, uh, oh, oh boy, okay. Quit listening to that 21 Pilot stuff. That's a joke. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Anyway, um, so then after a while, like our musical tastes were pretty much very similar. Classic rock and alternative rock. And your brother was huge into Pearl Jam after not liking them to begin with. Yeah. So uh, it's funny because I don't, uh, like you said, my brother, who's nine years older than me, who you will hear on the podcast, his name is Steven. He was at night one. You know, I know he likes a lot of music now, but back in the day, I don't really remember what he was into. Uh, I knew it was Pearl Jam, but I know uh, that almost wasn't true because uh, when he first heard Jeremy, he thought it was the the worst song that was ever written. So, Randy, I know I know you said it's a, it's a good thing that bands have more than one song, right? <laughs> I did say that, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I guess I guess he he heard the rest of the album or or verses came out or something and uh and uh, then it was just Pearl Jam nonstop and uh, I'm like yeah, I'm like who are, you know, who are these guys? So, who are you who are you who we are? Who who I am I am mine. I don't know. Yeah, right. Um so like your brother, you know, I want to say it was around like avocado time. Uh, your brother was going to tons of shows and he was going to, I think he went to the European show uh, tour, like for like, I think he, he was telling me he went to Paris and Bologna and uh, um, somewhere in Germany, um, like middle of 06. Mm-hmm. That was it kind of mirrors sort of where I started getting into them around that time too. I, I really, I just got obviously new 10 and I knew verses and I really on my own discovering Pearl Jam. This is why yield is so important to me. MTV was playing the do the evolution music video on TRL nonstop. So I, I took to it over and sync and the Backstreet boys, uh, because as a 12 year old in the nineties, 12-year-old boy in the 90s, you were not allowed to, like, NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. Now, now I'm, uh, you know, oh, I, I, lo- I love NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. Of course. Of course. They're, like, they're wedding song staples, and everybody dances, and reminds you of youth, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just it's just fun, fun stuff you don't have to think about. It wasn't until 2006, on a trip to Toronto that we went to a, a couple of Blue Jays games on the trip. And the first baseman of the Blue Jays at the time, Lyle Overbay, 
his walk-up music was Jeremy. Hearing that, I'm like, wait a minute. Matt's brother's been going to all these Pearl Jam shows. They have the avocado just came out. What am I doing with myself? I need new music. I kept going back to, to old bands that I really had no connection with. And I'm like, what am I doing? I should definitely, I, I need to get back and dig in back into Pearl Jam. So I did. And two years later in 08, we went to our first, first show at, uh, at MSG and it was life changing. So, and we'll get into that one, obviously at, at some point or another, but I just wanted to tell that. And everybody has their own little story about how they found him. And we heard a lot of them this weekend. So, and we want to hear more. So now I think, uh, Actually, before we get into it, I just want to say um, the podcast idea kind of came as an inspiration from two things. And the first thing was going on long road trips back to New York, back and forth, and listening to Single Podcast Theory. And I'm like, wow, they have encapsulated the Pearl Jam fan perfectly. And I, I loved I listened to their album show, uh, shows, episodes. And I'm like, I, I want to do this because I was trying to look for a creative outlet. And one of the creative outlets that we did, Matt and I came up with the Pearl Jam Fantasy League that I posted about it the other day. So it uh, should be up on the page if you're interested. We just finished. I won the Jack Irons League. Bob Freebird, shout out to you, won the Dave Cruzen League. So it's pretty cool. I can go into that at, at a different time, but that's... That's how, that's why we're here. It was, uh, it was a really awesome way to kind of, uh, kill the year leading up to the shows we were going to, um, being able to talk to the guys. I mean, I, you know, we talked to them, what we, uh, check in daily, you know, when there weren't shows going on, we just kind of wanted to run, you know, run through sets, uh, talk about the new music. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that one too. Well, you know, maybe we could even, we could touch on that episode two, night two, uh, cause they, they played it, but yeah, it was an awesome way to really just, uh, kind of kill the time until we went. And so here's your shout out guys. And, uh, I can't wait to do it again, uh, for the next tour. So what do you say? Do you want to get into Fenway night one? I believe we should. I think, I think that's what we're here for. Absolutely. And most of you listening, I, I think like a lot of you that are, were probably there. Cause that's who, that's the, who we mingled with this, this weekend. And thank you so much for coming out. That was so much fun. We can't thank you guys enough. And I'm going to try to remember everybody's names. And if I don't, I'm going to feel so horrible about it, but we'll do that in a little while we'll kind of get to a point when we talk about our uh, game on meetup and the shirts and stuff like that but matt these tickets came out in february jeez i told you man it felt like we were waiting i i, I told you it, it had been even a few days before and it still hadn't hit me that we were going yeah it was it was strange the anticipation was so high for so so many weeks because we were developing the podcast idea we were developing the group we were talking to people seeing what they wanted and, and what they thought and um we just all those days leading up to it it was just so so much anticipation and um the day that you woke up to go to the show on sunday i woke up and i'm like i'm so totally calm right now yeah uh, well I feel like we had gone through so much prep work trying to get stuff like the uh, the podcast ready to go. It was almost like I was too busy to even think about actually going to the show until we got there. But uh, we'll, we'll get to all that uh, next episode because, uh, unfortunately, I was not at night one 
this year. No. So, but I, I do have my opinions. I have seen the set list. I actually have it in front of me. Uh, yeah, let's talk about some stuff here. I think there are more talking points, just points to talk about with night one than there are with night two, because it was just... Uh, yeah. You know, it had, it was a bumpy ride, you know. Uh, it went- well, you know, yeah, when you, when you kind of compare um, night two being, you know, almost flawless to... Uh, a, a a bit of a roller coaster for night one in many ways. It, yeah, it felt like night one, the first half of the set, felt just inconsistent and out to a good start, but a little inconsistent. You know, we we got there uh, before we get into really discussing the show. We got there at like eleven. And my idea was like, okay, we we're going to wait on these long, long, long ass merch lines. And it wasn't so. We got merch in five minutes. We had like five to six hours to kill. A lot of anticipation and all the emails that we were getting all week. 6.30 start. Be in your seat by 6.30. Be in the park. You can get in the park by 5. Be in by 6.30. And we were just like waiting. We just kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And it wasn't until... 8 p.m. that they were ready to go on. And once they did, it was magical. just heard was a, a clip that was sometimes uh, their opener for Fenway Night One. Now, yeah, now you said magical, Randy, and I, I, I think I know why you use that term. Sometimes I think is, a, is yes, fantastic, great opener. Um, I think you are leaning towards magical because of what was number two. Well, everybody besides you would say magical when they hear release live. It's like... I'm going to let everyone know right off the bat, uh, I'm very specific in what I like. Uh, yeah, all right. Tell, tell me what you think about it. Um, Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing, okay. Every time I hear it, because it was the first song I've ever heard live, and um, you just kind of get that feel like you're back to that first time you ever saw it, and... Sure. I went going to see concerts and everything my whole entire life before seeing Pearl Jam. I had never seen a band open up with one of their slowest songs. And it was because of that, that I was so sucked in and the lyrics are released and singing it is so emotional that, uh, 
yes, it was. I had two moments of the show that were just like, holy shit, I'm at Pearl Jam moments, and release was one of them. And it's so emotional because you know what it's about. Like, I've not been through what Eddie had been through the content of the song, but you get emotional because it's just the emotion is there. So I had maybe some waterworks going. Okay. <laughs> so the next song, uh, they're, they're starting out slow here, which is great. I love the slow start. We'll get into the ideas of that in other episodes too, because I'm a slow start fan when you do like three or four and then ease into it and kind of like what they did tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with that too. And uh, uh, I also like the flip side that we'll talk about uh, for night two is the um, just the full bore freight train opening. You know, I, I like that too. One of the staples of the set the last couple of years, um, I guess it never really was that common of a song to hear before, I don't know, maybe like 2012 or something like that. But low light has been a staple of their set. I call sometimes if you see like, I want to say stadium shows, the Seattle one was like an all-star set for me where you invite all the all-stars to the all-star game. And then my joke was wasted reprises, the relief pitcher that you feel obligated to invite. Um, but low light has turned, he's like Justin Turner, I guess he's kind of like <laughs> used to bat six and then gets traded to another team. And now he's like, you know, top of the order, he's hitting second or third. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, low light is, is one of my favorites, especially live, maybe, maybe top five live songs. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I remember when they really started to bring it in a lot to where it kind of became common. Um, we saw them that tour and it was, it was great because it was like, where has this been? Uh, this is great. And I'm glad that it stuck around. They didn't do it night two, which I, didn't expect them to, but I, I have seen it before and I'm, I'm glad that it's, it's, uh, you know, I'd hate to say around to stay because now I'll probably never see it again. Um, but, uh, no, I think they love playing the song. It's easy to play. No, no, no. I just didn't want to jinx my jinx myself there, you know, cause I, I feel like I've done that to myself before. So you had luck in night two. Uh, we'll get to that, but you had a lot of luck in night oh. two. Yeah, of course. I, I think everybody was pleased with, with night two. Um, especially if you had, you know, gone to night one and also if you hadn't, cause night two was just, night two was just kind of, I think all around. Um, maybe more well put together, but again, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so yeah, I, I love low light. We don't have to spend much time on that, but I think this one, two, three here is, um, that's, it's, that's put together very well. Yes. And I, I think they work well uh, as a trio there. So after three songs, they stop and it's time for Eddie to talk, which is not, that's not a good sign. So Eddie, before saying something, he's like, wait a minute, let me grab my bottle of wine. Hold on, I can't get the cork out of my bottle of wine. He was just such a mess. I don't know if it was during that part or the, the fuck speech, but... Uh, well, you know, some say uh, they think he was stalling. I, I heard the audio quality was not up to par in the beginning of the night. And, you know, uh, things happen. Even though they do a sound check, this stuff happens. Things go wrong, so sometimes you got to stall because you know I don't I don't think uh, I don't think Eddie went for the wine bottle until a little later on in night two, and I don't think he said a word for a while either. 
uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it wasn't after Lightning Bolt. Uh, but again, we'll get to that. Um, just comparing it to tonight one that we're doing right now. But sure, um, he went on. He went on this whole. You know, first he's like, ah, great to be in Fenway Park. Great to be in Boston. But then he's just like. Bono, uh, Bono lost his voice, and so uh, for 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 our listeners, we're going to be going into Bono for about five minutes here. We're going to try to keep it at five minutes at Bono. We don't want to spend five minutes on Bono, but we have to. So we're going to let's let's get into it. I just want to say something uh, real quick. A friend of ours, uh, an Irishman. You two are over in Europe, and, and our good friend Bono, he, he, he lost his throat last night, and he's going to be fine. He's already on the mend. But I just wanted to take a second, because if it were worse, I just want to take the chance to thank him while we can, because this is one of the hardest working men, not just in regards to his music and their last record and the amount of touring and what they give to the people, but what they've given to the world and the Red Campaign. So he carries the weight of the world, and the, the, the stage, and the weight of the people that come. But so much of the planet, he's done so many incredible, incredible things, and he's meeting with Angela Merkel two days before the show, and he's, he's, he's working on world economy. I just want to wish him the best and tell him we're all thinking about him, and from uh, one Irish crowd to one Irish man. We love you, B. Just it feels like he's just kind of kissing up to him. He loves Bon. I, I get that they're friends, but uh, you know, Eddie lost his voice in Europe. Did Bono go on stage and said, oh, "My good friend Eddie, Eddie lost his voice. I just want to wish him well because he's such a hard worker. He's a he's a he's a he's a yank. He's a yank lad." <laughs> like, you know, Bono. You know, Bono is a. Bono's a very busy man. Sometimes he just doesn't have the time to... Uh, saving the world, right? To see, he's Yeah, he's saving the world, you know? So listening back to it, uh, MSG in May of 2010, um, in the encore, this was like right after a live going in to kick out the jams. He's just like, I just want to... In the same way, he starts up the same way. You know what? We're gonna play this clip. We're gonna play a clip. This is what we're getting. This is what we're getting at here with this whole Bono moment. Listen to this, and uh, then see for yourself. Uh, the other thing I, I just want to—we uh, heard that uh, we got some news that our friend—he's uh, an Irishman. Uh, he's played this room many, many times. New York's one of their favorite places to play. He's written songs about you guys. Uh, but I guess Bono had a bit of an accident uh, just w- working out. You know, his back got hurt, so he's having surgery, but we just want to put it out on the airwaves and maybe you can let him know that we're thinking about him and wish him a healthy recovery. He's a, he's a badass who works hard and we want him to be able to keep working. He works hard. It was like the exact same thing. He started off the whole, an Irishman, and then he ended, one of the hardest working men. Oh, Bono, oh, I'm so sorry. My brother had told me about this old... Bono thing, and I, I think I'd said to him, I was like, "Well, no, that that was that was 2010. What are you talking about?" And then uh, he's like, "No, no, dude, he's, he's talking about Bono." And I was like, "All right." And then like, uh, and then Randy, you t- <laughs> I know. And then and then Randy, you 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 told me you said, "No, no, but 
it, it wasn't just that he talked about Bono again. It was like the exact same thing. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Oh, uh, we just wish our buddy Bono well. Oh, Bono, if you still haven't found what you're looking for, Bono, I got some if you need it. Oh, God. Here come the... We, we got some Pearl Jam dad jokes, uh, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Do not encourage Randy, because he gets such a big kick out of himself, and he's just not going to stop. <laughs> that was good. The, that was um, good. Drug Eddie's in full force early on here, and uh, and one of their most common songs, maybe... You know, you say the most common, alive, even flow, porch, do the evolution. And then maybe this song comes next, Elderly Woman. Yeah. Eddie now. is not on his game. And listen to this if you can pick up on it. plays it every single night almost and he goes into the i changed by not changing at all small town and then he then he realizes he messes up and he goes back to the original lyric in the last line so you know something like this i don't even i don't know if it has to do with you know, if he was drinking or sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes you do a song a million times and those are the ones you forget. But I, I, I heard someone at our meetup say something pretty interesting and uh, I, I could not agree with it more. And they say, you know, they, they just can't wait for the Eddie slash elderly woman divorce to be finalized because they are kind of done with it. And I, and I agree, like it's, it, it's a good song and I, I, I like it. I don't really like it live. I, I don't think it, really does anything for the set at all. I like it live. I think it's one of, I have like five songs that you can just hear the entire crowd sing. And that's one of them, which is great. You know, I've seen it. That's true. Um, Billions of times. It needs to be played in the right spot. I think that if it's played in the encore, I'm just like, ah, screw this. Really like a common in the second encore. Not what I want to hear. Correct. If it's played in the spot that it was played here, or if it's played like, you know, after they really get, you know, hot, like maybe they go like corduroy, then lightning bolt, minor manners kind of stuff. Um, then they cool down yeah. before going into even flow or something like I, that. I'm fine with that. I, then I too. agree and disagree. Um, with elderly woman, I feel like, I feel like elderly woman needs to be in the three spot, maybe two, preferably two. Um, definitely not the four, because I think that's just kind of dragging it out a little too long. Now, why I feel like it's being dragged out there is because you could go four song slow burner, which they've done, which is great. Elderly woman does not contribute to that tone at all. I almost feel like they do a slow burn and then risk almost losing the crowd with a song like Elderly Woman. But a lot of people do like it. You also need cooldowns too, though. No, no, no. What what I'm saying is I'm I'm saying 
it being in the number four spot. People are ready to rock at that point. Uh, yeah, and I th- and you know even if they did another slower song, even like Wrigley Night Two, two thousand sixteen, when they did you know Better Man in that spot, that's great because it it, it picks up you know um, where you know Elderly Woman just yeah it it doesn't do anything to really progress the set, especially during a slow open. So I'm not a huge fan of that. There, that's my opinion. I'm I'm with you. I think it's a better cool down song. Sure, six or seven in. Um, I can go eight nine. I, I I agree with that. Yep. Okay. So we're in the set now. And, you know, like I said, the band is just off. Elderly woman didn't sound that great. Uh, obviously Eddie missed some lyrics there. And now we're kind of off to the races with some heavier stuff. It's why go and corduroy. And I felt like those two were a little off the mark. I have not heard clips of why go or corduroy yet. So I, I, I don't know. I believe you. I, I get emotional during Corduroy too. Cause I think that's the universal song of, you know, played early in the set, like, Oh shit, I'm here at a Pearl Jam show song because I agree. And especially, you know, in a night like that and going back MSG first night in 2016, they played that second, um, right. the waiting drove me mad. And you're like, yes, I haven't been to a show in two years. The waiting has drove me mad. Yes. I just had to listen to Eddie ramble about Bono and the waiting has been driving me mad. That's, I think, uh, I don't think it was mad. I think I was fucking pissed off. He's drunk as a skunk and uh, he does the fuck speech about his daughter and using fuck as a verb. And really that, that, that's a George Carlin bit. It's a bit, it took too long to get to the punchline. I think had he, of shortened that to about, Oh, I don't know, three or four minutes instead of seven or so it felt like seven, at least we could have gotten better man or life wasted or one sonic producer on encore two, which we will get to in a few minutes is in my mind, just almost a pointless little, little group. Um, mind your manners was fine. It's, it's kind of hard to screw up, but they still, it wasn't, it wasn't there yet, but then they went into down and I think down was probably the worst song of the night. It just sounded awful, man. Uh, and that is, that is so, that's, it's so disappointing to me because I, I love down live. I really do. I remember a conversation that I had with, uh, uh, a, Brit- a British guy I was standing next to at uh, one of the MSG shows. I was by myself, and I said, he, "I said to him, like, you know, down, just, just you hear it all the time." And he's like, "I know. How come they don't play sad? Sad is a fucking awesome song." And I'm just like, "Yes, they should play sad more often. Sad instead of down, please." But uh, I just want to point out that your British accent is also the same as your Bono accent, so you might want to work on that. Um, it's probably also the same as my Aussie accent. It's probably also yeah. the same as my Scottish. Your Texas te- Texas accent. Yep, all the same. <laughs> Everyone is Irish. I'm glad I nailed Irish. <laughs> all right, so you got that going. Uh, all right, so we move on. Eddie has the mic for the third time, and it's a nice moment. Mm-hmm. He is wishing a security guard... Uh, I guess it's a Red Sox security guard, uh, well, who has health issues, but this is eight songs in and he's already talked three times. That's a lot. And they've already gone on a half hour late. Right. Right. This is just, a th- you're just, come on, let's, let's, let's get into it. Let's get over it. And this would just all be bad signs for me getting closer to encore breaks. I, I would have been very nervous 
Yeah, and after this, they go into Given a Fly. It's not my favorite live song, but I'll, uh, it might have turned a page now that we know some stories from it. Yeah, let, let's not give anything away because we're going to hold off until the end of the episode. We got some really cool stuff to give to you guys um, at the end of the episode. After Given a Fly, um, he takes a request. Uh, this was one that they played in Soundcheck. They don't usually play it that often, but he talks about soldiers and he mentions John McCain's passing. Um, you know, probably is a little bit of a dig. Um, knowing Eddie, uh, they go, uh, so they go into it and they take a request. It's Army Reserve, and here it is. version was really good i had only I, heard i had only heard it live one other time so you know it was a nice it, was, it felt fresh for me right i love this song and i i think i might be in the minority with that i love avocado and i i just like the i always liked just that kind of the driving feel of this song you know there's songs that are, are driving songs you know of course but um every time i listen to this song i, I feel like I feel like I'm moving along with the actual song, if that makes sense. It's almost like a, it's like a feeling you can't get out of your head when you listen to it. It's almost like I'm like <laughs> I could be sitting still, yet I feel like walking down a road with this song. It's it's just that kind of it's that kind of feel. My my vision whenever I hear, hear Army Reserve, mm-hmm. I vision myself on a subway, like going under, like really kind of dark and kind of like you know. I don't want to say glum, but like, you know, the gray colors and, but it's going past and you're watching things go past and maybe you see tile go past. And like, I think that whenever I think army reserve, I think of like being on a subway. So I feel like I'm walking and you feel like you're on a train, but Hey, we're in the same ballpark, you know? Absolutely. It's just different, different forms of transportation. Right. I liked it live. (laughs) I think they were actually pretty tight with it live. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm, was never a huge fan of it on the album. It's not one of my, it's not like a top five for me on avocado, but I really enjoyed this version live. Now, now to a song that nobody's heard before. The next song was even flow and the band is still a little off during even flow. Um, I feel like Matt at this time was still trying to figure it out. Maybe he couldn't hear anybody, but I, I feel like this was a touch off still and just so you guys know uh listening with stuff like even flow and alive songs like that we're really not gonna spend any time on them going forward because we would have we would have you know hours 
um, of, of just talking about these songs if we did them during every episode because we're a live show podcast. Even Flow's done, and uh, we get to song 11. It's not song two. Get it? Huh? So the fifth time they're talking, and they usually talk after Even Flow, but... Enough's enough, man. This is this is the fifth time Eddie goes in, into a, a rant. Yes, and it's another request, and it's amongst the waves, which is not. It hasn't been played. Uh, this is the first time it was played, and the only time it was played in 2018. And uh, it's technically a backspacer de- deep cut, and we just don't hear it anymore. Um, what do you think? Because I. I like the song. I, I've heard it a bunch of times, so I was. I really do like. I, I like the song. I think live it might be considered a, a deep cut from Backspacer. I don't consider it personally a a deep cut because, you know, I, I know kind of a lot of music people that aren't diehard Pearl Jam fans, and they know they know they know amongst the waves. Yeah, that was a that was pretty popular, kind of just all, all around. Right. So I honestly I don't really have an, a, an opinion on it. I think it's really cool that you got it. And that they they took that out, you know, for the first time this year. I do like the song live, um, and uh, other than that, n- no real opinion because it's you know it's 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 not rare, right? It's, it's semi filler. It's, it's it's a bit of a filler, but you know, there's something cool to be said that that when you're the only one that got it for an entire year, that that's cool, especially with Pearl Jam when you know you just you just never know what what the hell's going to come right. out. Right. So. I mean, I went to a bunch of the Backspacer tour shows, and mm-hmm. I, they played. They played that probably every time that I saw sure. it. So, I mean, you know, we've seen it and it's fine. I haven't seen it probably since 2010 or 2011. So right, right. that's fine. Now we move on to something. Well, parts of this I've seen uh, recently and parts of it I haven't. So it's daughter, WMA tag, and then it's okay tag. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen the it's okay tag since. Um, I want to say PJ 20 and I was really afraid because they did the WMA. I'm like, Oh no, they're not going to do it. It's okay. Cause they did, they did. It's okay. In Seattle, they did it in Missoula and they did it in Chicago. So I'm like, we have to get it too. That's not fair. Um, so in WMA, he actually changes the lyrics to uh policeman president. So mm-hmm. Eddie's getting a little put, uh, political here and, you know, that's, that's Eddie. Say, say what you want. Um, you know, be on whatever side of the fence you want, but that, that is Eddie. Um, okay. So next song, it's the second backspacer song of the night. And mm-hmm. after it's okay ends, you just hear just like a drum beat. It's like, and you can't really hear the guitar over it. So I'm like, Oh crap. What, what is this? What is this? And then you hear well, every night with the lights out. I'm like, Gotsome, I fucking hate Gotsome. Disagree. It's shitty lyrics. It's a crappy pop song, and it doesn't mean anything. Well, I got some if you need it. Like, got some what? I, I, I just don't. I don't get it. I don't get the premise. I got some if you need it. I got some if you need it. Like, um, I just, I, I hate it. I hate um, it. Com- completely, completely, completely disagree with you. Um, I, th- I think it's a great heavy song. I think it could have been on avocado, and I think the chorus is fantastic. I'd happy to be on avocado. If that was mixed avocado style. I think it would fit in well because it's 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 also heavy, like the first half of avocado. And I love got some. I think it's a quick, great, fun song, and I think it's got a 
I think it's I think it's at a great spot in the set too. Uh, yeah, no, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, when you want to hear, I don't know, like not for you, and you get got some <laughs> stupid, stupid ass shit. You weren't getting you weren't getting not for you in this set. Yeah, that wasn't no. Happening. But all right, so now here's something pretty interesting. This is not this is a song they play pretty much every night. This is a song that helped me win my fantasy league, um, but it's a little bit different. So here it is, and. Uh, Take a listen. Do the evolution is in a different key, and this feels really down tuned. It, it feels yeah. evil, you know. Yeah, yeah. I took the liberty to. I'm a, I'm a bass player. I, I listen to the clip and I listen to the original. It is in fact down a whole step. I believe it's D. I believe they take it down to C for you music guys. The only problem I have with doing this is especially with Do the Evolution, it really changes the sound of the song, and uh, I understand them them needing to do it. And I understand Eddie being an old man and not being able to do it like they did. So you, you could change it. I don't think it works for this song at all. I don't think it sounds good. Maybe because, I mean, we've been going for <laughs> how long hearing the original in the original key. So this, this now is very, very obvious. And it's, it's just not working for me, dog. <laughs> okay. Now you're Randy. Um, I, uh, I was intrigued by it. Evolution to me always felt like the song, like, uh, the world is ending. The world's on fire, uh, like, or the world is going to be on fire at least. And that version felt like, Oh fuck. The world is on fire, which I guess it is. I, you know, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was kind of nifty. I thought it was kind of cool, but you know, after evolution, uh, it's just Eddie for a second, and he says to the crowd, he says, uh, this is a song that cannot be mistaken in Boston, or, you know, I'm paraphrasing, and it is his cover of uh, I Am a Patriot. And the last yeah. Boston show, uh, the night one of 2016, they did I Am a Patriot, but it was Fast Patriot from the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, coming off of Masters of War, which is really cool. I really like that version. Yeah. Uh, and this one was just Ed starting. Well, I was walking with my brother, and you know, and then, then they went hard. They started off slow, and then they went hard. And I really feel like this was the turning point in the set, where it went from like kind of clunky to like, okay, we're really we're pushing, we're rocking pretty hard now. And I really, this was one of my favorite covers going into the show, and I'm really glad I got it because it. You know, it stays true. This is it was. It's an awesome song. Yeah, no, I I agree. I agree. I, I I like that. I like it there. So they're really in a groove right here, and they're going fast, and they go right from Patriot into Lucan, and um, it's amazing because if you listen to Lucan, this version, he knows more lyrics of Lucan than he does than Elderly Woman. 
So, uh, yeah, take that for what it is. But it felt like he he nailed most of them, which he usually just goes. Ah. Well, you know, I, I I really don't know how you can mess it up. There's like there's like six words in the whole song because <laughs> they go a mile a minute. The, you know. The, on the album, it's and life is so that goes in the porch, and porch is going to end the first set. We don't want to spend too much time on porch, but and he is running around like a madman singing, and he's hopping into the stage, and like I really thought at that point, Eddie was probably going to hurt himself because he was just trashed. That one ends porch has been very consistent with ending the first set all year. I didn't look at the numbers. Porch, they've they've played it, uh, you know, every single show this year, all 26 shows, and probably for about 24 of them, uh, they played, it was the closer of the first set, and the other two, it was probably the closer of the first encore. So we know what we're getting with it. It's fun. They go crazy. Porch is porch, and like we said with even flow, we're just not going to spend that much time on porch. So encore break here. Encore break. Now, Randy, I want to take this moment when uh, they break for the for their encore. I want to take a break here, and I want to ask you, going back to set one, what 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 would you have liked to have seen um, that you didn't see in set one that you have seen before? Uh, well, that's a good question. You didn't prepare me for that one. Um, I, I know. I thought I, I wanted to kind of spring it on you. Yeah. What was it lacking? Uh, I thought, you know, you know, deep would have been really good there. Um, just sure. something like powerful. Steve, I know wanted something fast. Um, I'm always going to say Brandon J because I'm obsessed with that song. You know, maybe uh, deep would have worked like after daughter uh, instead of got some for me because it just, you get really heavy. Maybe something they, they've done help help a couple times this year. So maybe help help would have been cool. Uh, something like a little edgy. Um, I, I know. I, I agree. Cause you know, my, my brother, Steven, who we keep talking about, you'll hear from him on the show. He made, he made a good point, which, which I agree. I feel like this whole set is kind of what he said was lacking in diversity, which I, I, I kind of agree. There's no real pow or real, bang moment it's just kind of as i said it's just kind of there i'd love to see like a brain of jay which that would really kind of almost break open the whole set so i, I yeah i agree and with that. you cool. know there they there's so much material to choose from like you know why not choose like i said before why not why not go with sad sometimes uh why not go with i don't know like something Something you can do, like in my tree, like would have worked somewhere there. It would have been really good, you know. Um, but you know, it is what it is, and uh, you know, honestly, it, it was clunky and it wasn't the best first set I've ever seen. But it, they did, yeah. they did work it out at the end. So, and I think it that, worked out. yeah, and I think that went in nicely into the encore. Yeah, let's. Uh... Let's get into the encore here. Yep. Eddie tells a story about getting uh, Tom Petty's red Telecaster in the mail after trading guitars with them, which I thought was such a cool story. Um, the crowd, this whole, all the stadium shows have been really emotional during Tom Petty, and we're getting uh, what I like to call from a wrestling reference here, uh, the Fireflies in the crowd. If you know uh, Bray Wyatt from WWE, everybody during his entrance turns the flashlight on on their phone. And they call him the Firefly. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna always say at this point, Fireflies are going. And 
And Eddie says that John Henry, who's the owner of the Red Sox, is a huge Tom Petty fan, more than Pearl Jam. And uh, this leads into I Won't Back Down. Just so cool to see in all the lights. I, I love it it's, so much. Yeah, especially when you're when you're there with so many people, especially at a ballpark like that. There's, uh, of course, having been to a lot of ballparks in our day, you know, being baseball fans, it's really cool. Yeah, and um, my my fiance Jillian, she's a huge Tom Petty fan. Growing up with it with her parents, uh, listening to that kind of stuff, she she got pretty emotional during it because it's just. You know, it, it's barely has it been a year? Oh, jeez. It's gotta be it's coming up. It's gotta be coming up. It goes this stuff goes so fast, you know. No, Cornell was in May and Chester Bennington was probably like June. And Petty was probably the fall last year. Oh it's just someone someone else that went way too soon and I won't back down as a that's a fantastic song. I mean, Tom Petty doesn't really have a lot of bad songs. So, yeah, great, great start there to the encore. Great start. And Eddie's version is always very, it, it's emotional like this. So Jillian is emotional. And uh, the next song, Eddie says, you know, we need something kind of romantic in the set. And they play Just Breathe. I stuck my tongue out once they go, Just Breathe. The third bag space or something in the night, but they can't give by Maryland. Um, but... So my, my fiance, she's still pretty emotional from Petty and Just Breathe comes on and it just continues. Just Breathe is another uh, one of her favorite songs and it just continues. And I'm just like, OK, this is this one's for you. I'll put aside my differences with the song just so <laughs> you can you can have it. And they didn't play Unthought Known, which is her her absolute favorite song. Next uh, to maybe like black or something. I bet that transition too from I won't back down into just breathe. It was probably probably a pretty nice transition there, just to really kind of settle for a minute, maybe let Eddie catch his breath. Yep, yep. And um, and you know they didn't they didn't linger. Sometimes the, in the encore they can do like a footsteps after this or Man right. of the Hour, which I would right. love both of them, two of my favorite sure. songs. But uh, they went into present tense, and I thought that was a really good choice here because it really, you know, it started off the same kind of tone as Just Breathe and I Won't Back Down, right. but then it, it rose, and that kind of, it, you know, we're not going to spend too much time on these next songs because we'll talk about these songs right. later. They'll play them a million times, but present tense into once in the state of love and trust was just, it was a real good mesh. That's a great pairing. Three songs I love hearing live. I, and I, I mentioned to you when you told me what I was looking forward to, and I told you present tense was, had always been one of my favorite live songs. Uh, there's, there's just something, um, uh, I, I don't know, maybe kind of like how you feel with release, like that kind of beginning to present tense. It just kind of gives you those chills, you know? It's just a great... Uh, Both of those songs, maybe in the, uh, in the breakdown of Elderly Woman too. your voice is like... Get, tries to get as high as possible and that's <laughs> yeah. how you know that's, that's so much fun uh yeah. the one thing i want to say about state of love and trust which is kind of i guess the podcast song yeah kind of a, a an early branding for us right i'm going to take a second now just to say um we gave out the massachusetts shirts but we are not hampered to just massachusetts we want to make any state that you guys want. And the more, uh, the more demand that we get, the better the chance that we're going to make it. So if you can find like 20 people in Kansas, we'll make a state of love and trust Kansas. Now on our docket, 
probably right now the top three outside of doing Massachusetts again would be Illinois, New York, and Washington. I think those are the three highest. So, but if you can step in and say, Oh, I want 30 state of love and trust Colorado shirts. We'll do it for you. Yeah. No, Randy, Randy, I, I don't want to backtrack too much, but just to put into context for some people out there that might not know uh, for Fenway night two, we had printed up uh, live on four legs podcast, state of love and trust shirts. You could check them out on our Facebook page and Instagram and Twitter. You could see what they're about, what they look like. And uh, they're pretty cool. So as Randy was just describing, we could try to make them for your state. I doubt we're going to get an order for 40 Kansas State of Love and Trust shirts. But let us know if we can get two or three of them out to you. We're, we're going to try. But check them out on our Facebook and on our on our Instagram. And you can see what Randy and I are talking about. They're pretty cool. And uh, we're totally out of them now. That went over very well. Well, you know, everyone loves free stuff. So <laughs> unfortunately, they're not free anymore. That was a night night two exclusive. So, yeah, so uh, number 24, Randy, would you like to go into this one since you were there? Yeah, this was this was my favorite moment of the night. And uh, Eddie says before the, the song, we don't play the song very often, so hopefully we don't screw it up. Hopefully I remember the lyrics. And immediately when he says that, you're like, oh, man, well, what is he going to do? What is he going to do? It will never be Big Wave. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not going to be a big wave. Oh my God! How many times are we going to talk oh, about this? Oh God! Until until we get it, until we get it, Randy. That's how many times I'm going to need to talk about it. So, do we have a clip for this? We do. was awesome my favorite song of the night by far um not only that i'm obviously you know a stat i'm a collector as they would say and uh this collection got me everything from vitalogy that isn't a garbage song like uh pride to or davenita or mop i saw bugs in uh wrigley uh, i've seen saint bed a couple times which i almost never do so i'm done with vitalogy 
I'm so happy. And not only that, but Tremor Christ is a fantastic song as it is. That would have been, uh, that would have been my high point of the night too. I think I, I'm super jealous of that. That's uh that's so cool. Yeah. I, I was really, I was really happy with it. And not only that, but Tremor Christ has been out since 94. Can you guess how many times they've played it since its release? Since 94. Um, Oh man. Um, let me do a, I'm going to do a shot, shot in the dark. I'm going to say 70. That's really close. 82. 82. Wow. They played it once in Europe this year. Uh, I want to say it was either like Krakow or, um, one of the earlier ones, maybe, maybe the first London one. I am not sure, but they definitely played middle to early European tour. I'm sorry. I don't have that on me right now, but yeah, Tremor Christ easily the best song of the night and they nailed it and he said they weren't going to nail it and i guess because you don't hear it that often that you your voice does raise on that too the little secrets tremor um so i yeah i loved it i loved it and we're going into black now after this and obviously we don't have to talk about black too much because black is black they always play black they just didn't tag it with we belong together which is what they usually do. They tagged it with Waiting on a Friend, which is a Stone song. But even so, that's it's very much still black. And it's always one of those songs, like I was saying before, The Elderly Woman, that's the song you can hear the entire crowd singing. It's got such a cool vibe live. I, I just, I've heard it probably 13, 14, 15 times, but every time it, it's just so much fun. Again, it's black. So after after black... Uh, Eddie retells the same exact story that he told one of the Fenway nights in 2016. I broke into Fenway and I took two Polaroids and I hopped the fence. I'm like, dude, you're wasting so much time. He even said the same thing about the Howard Johnson, like wasting time. But it leads into this. He brings on Bill Janovitz from the band Buffalo Tom. Listen to this because this has been my obsession for the last three days. song you know i've really i i had heard it before i know i had but it like didn't register um but 
the last couple of days I've just been taillights fade. Oh my God. How good was it's, that? It was, it was, you know, and I'm, I'm speaking from night two, two of the same covers, I guess, you know, back to back. It's, it's not bad. It's just strange, but, uh, but I'm so glad they did because it, that was such a good time. That was really great. Uh, I'm really glad they did it. Going to that, it was annoying when they did that at Fenway in 16 because it was draw the line by Aerosmith and screw Aerosmith. I, I, I don't, I don't really care for Aerosmith. I like Aerosmith. I don't want to hear Pearl Jam do Aerosmith. Yeah, I know Tom Hamilton came and played with them. Yeah, well, I, well, I, I, I really like Tom, I like Tom Hamilton. So, yeah, bass players stick together. We do, we do. All right, till it's fade, and then we go into probably my second favorite moment of the night, and we're just gonna punch you with it right now. play this more often the only thing i can think of is that eddie's voice probably gets pretty strained but i had only seen blood once and man i this was one of the ones i was really 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 hoping for i'm so glad we got it i uh i think i i had that on my fantasy league team right you did yep yeah i can't even remember anymore but yeah well unfortunately i i didn't get to see it myself someday i think you hit all verses haven't you I'm sure. Um, I'm just kind of uh, blanking on where. <laughs> we'll walk down memory lane at some point. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're, we're gonna. Um, we'll talk about all that stuff eventually. Yep. And then this was originally supposed to be their first encore break, but it's really just like about a minute, and they kind of settle up. They're, they're running out of time here. It's probably like ten fifteen around this time, something like that. Maybe a little earlier but um they're running out of time and out of my mind was supposed to be the first song and then all four that they scratched but man you don't hear out of my mind very often because it's just kind of like it's one it's not a lost dog it's not it's not in anything and um let's so let's just take a listen to it right now and just appreciate it for a second
So, and Eddie led into the song by saying, oh, you know, pot is legal in, in Seattle. And we were trying to look for some and we went upon uh, something called the Green Monster. We had some of the Green Monster and just Eddie being Eddie, but out of my mind. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Didn't think I'd ever go to a Pearl Jam show to say I've seen it. Really cool. And I'll get, I'll hit you with some stats here. Um, four times that it's ever been played. Um, it got played twice in 1994. I think it was originally played as kind of like a jam. And then uh, they played it, the closing of the spectrum show uh, Halloween in Philadelphia and which we're going to cover. We'll cover that show. Yeah. I think around Halloween time, we'll definitely do that. Um, definitely. So from 94 to 2009, that show was, yeah. Um, they went 512 shows without playing that song <laughs> wow. in between Philly and Sunday, they went 202 it's a long time. Yeah, it's a long time. Four plays overall. It was so rare that I didn't even put it on the list of songs for our fantasy league. I didn't put that or Evil Little Goat because how we know that we're going to play either of those. Yeah, you got to you gotta roll, roll God's dice on those, you know. <laughs> oh, look at you with the but, um, program dad joke. I know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Randy. I'm sorry. You know what? I um I just checked a stat of my own. I got blood at Chicago Wrigley Field night two, 2016. It was on the first encore. I was just looking at that. I, I don't know why I didn't remember that one. Oh, I, yeah, I wouldn't remember that. Uh, man, blood so good. Brooklyn 2013. Uh, yeah, awesome. Cool little stat right there. Um, but yeah, Eddie did stat. say before the song that he said he doesn't remember the lyrics. So we'll just make them up as he went along. So that, that should tell you how often they play out of my mind. And then what was supposed to happen was life wasted into wasted reprise into better man into Sonic reducer, but none of that happened. None of that happened. And this is why we were talking about how many talking breaks Eddie took, because I think it really affected this encore too, which is not, uh, this this does nothing for me. This encore tour, out of my mind. They should have done out of my mind and just and just left. Honestly, I mean, it's just if you're gonna pull something strange out, just uh, end it on the high note, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and I really didn't consider that to be a second encore because I don't think Live Footsteps considers it a second encore. Um, it was just there. It's just there. Like a lot of the sets, just kind of there. Kind of second, kind of for, you know, whatever it is, it was played. And then they missed four songs. And really, out of those four songs, you hear Better Man so much. I've heard Wasted Reprise is just Eddie gets to talk. Uh, Life Wasted, they hadn't played Life Wasted all year. They ended up playing at night two, which we'll get to. But yep. they hadn't played that all year, which is really, really weird. I don't know why. I don't know why they decided no life wasted. Yeah, I, I don't know. But uh, again, you're going to get to know that uh, I love avocado for, for many reasons. A lot of reasons why people don't like it, actually. So I agree with you. Um, but I, I also don't care because I saw it. So, <laughs> oh, Of course. Yeah, we ended up seeing it. Anyway, but I mean, I've had Sonic Reducer plenty of times, but... Of course I want it again, and they didn't do it night two, so I feel like that was a really big letdown. But, you know, they gave us a live. Yep. 
Yep, they did. Let, let's move on. It's alive and rocking in the free world. And McCready yeah, was yeah. just on fire at the end, really getting into it. But it's it's bread and butter. It, it's, you know, and especially most of these stadium shows, they, they didn't end with indifference in any of these stadium shows. They would either end with like a Baba or end with rocking if they weren't doing lead better, um, which is fine. But usually if you go to any of the arena shows, they'll end with either one of lead better or indifference. And say you're going to two MSG shows, one will have the first night will probably have indifference. The second night will probably have lead better. Yeah. Typically, typically. I'm sad that they, they kind of skipped over indifference. Uh, yeah, I would, I would have, I would have loved that. It would have redeemed this encore too after all those crossouts. But what can you do? You know, you move on tonight too. I guess is, and that, that's that's what you did. And um, this set list is really good to kick off our podcast episode one because uh, because the set list was a bumpy ride. And our first episode, we weren't sure if it was going to be a bumpy ride or not. We're just getting into this, so throwing ourselves into um, uh, you know maybe you want to be able to tell that Randy and I aren't even in the same state right now. But yeah, you know. Um, Kind of a all over set list, and I think it was a I think it was a good one to start with. You know, it kind of gave us uh, some uh, some stuff to work with for this first podcast. You know, some um, good talking points. Uh, it wasn't an easy thing to blow through because it was strange set list. I think episode two for Fenway Night Two. I think that podcast is just gonna that's, that's gonna be a breeze of a podcast because it's just too good. And uh, Randy, I really want to get to it. So, what what do you want to do to uh, to end this episode one? I think. Before we end end it, I think what I want to do is uh, try to develop a ranking system here. You know how places they're like, they don't say stars, but they kind of give whatever, you know, two out of three football helmets. Or can we do like... Like I give this like a four out of five stickman. Yeah. Do you want to do five or you want to do ten? I think ten gives us a wide range of like if we really hate it or because I hate like... Yeah. See... See, see, ten five, I think, uh, forces us to be uh, a little bit more honest and critical. Right. Okay. So, to if you. I were to say ten, okay, out of ten, I give this set because the encore saved it. I love the encore. I was really happy with it uh, after a bumpy uh, first set. I give this a seven out of ten stickmen. Now, Matt, you weren't there, but. I wasn't. I wasn't there, but I did make a playlist of this set. Got the feel. Got the flow. Uh, heard a lot of the stories coming in. Again, difficult for me to say if I was there. This might get a five. Five for me. Five out of ten. It's uh, a lot of wasted time. A lot of missed opportunities. I feel like it's just strange. And I and I have no problem. Let me let me make this clear. I have no problem with Pearl Jam sets being strange. That is their charm. That is what I really like. It's tough because I wasn't there. Yeah, of course. I think uh, five, I think I would understand if somebody gave it five out of 10, but the encore to me had so much that I either hadn't seen before or was really itching to see or see all the time, like a state of love and trust or present tense. And I love encore one all in itself would, would bump this up to a six for me. If you want to say six, you can say six. So, well, if, if I was there and I saw it, I could give it a six. Okay. That's fair. We'd like to end our first ever episode with something really, really sweet. Um, yeah. uh, Jimmy, Jimmy D, as I'll call him, because I cannot pronounce his incredibly Greek last name with about 
uh, I don't know, like 16 letters. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Jimmy. I just can't pronounce it. Uh, him and, and his, uh, his girl, Allie, uh, have a little story and we, uh, they got engaged at a Pearl Jam show and wow. It, you know, it won't be the first time that it happens. It won't be the last, but man, it's every time it does, it's just such a cool story. So I, we were very thankful to meet up with them on night two. We got to meet up with, with him and his new fiance in the park on Tuesday and get the story, uh, which I thought was really great. I, I'm, thank you for meeting up with us and, uh, and giving us the interview. That was, that was really cool. So here it is. Here's Jimmy and Allie's love story with Pearl Jam. Okay, we're here with Jimmy and Allie, and uh, this is a pretty special day for them because they are two days removed from a Pearl Jam engagement, and I have so many questions for them. I'm really excited to hear about this right now. So, first of all, how long did you have this plan of, I'm going to do it at Pearl Jam? As soon as I found out Pearl Jam was coming, I knew I was doing it at So, like February? Yeah, I, wow. knew, I flat out knew it. And it, it's one way, whether they were coming or not, Pearl Jam was going to be involved with it one way or another. Now is that awesome. now is that a um, is that a relationship commitment or a Pearl Jam commitment? It's a Pearl Jam commitment. Okay. <laughs> but I just want to be honest. We both have that same loyalty to the band. So she's I mean, she's smiling right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Sarcastic so, smile. Did you expect anything or? No, I had no idea. Wow. He was he was a little nervous. But he gets really nervous in large crowds anyways. So I was just like, all right, like this is how this is just what it's gonna be like until he kinda chills once the music starts. And then the music started and he didn't chill out. And I was like, all right. It's gonna be a tense night, but that's okay. That's kind of a telling sign. So here's where it gets a little tricky. So you how long you must have had the ring since like March or April. I, I actually it's her grandmother's ring. Oh wow. So I mean so you had to sneak I had to sneak, I had to go through her mom, I had to ask her mom, wow. I had to get the ring from her mom, then I had to go get a clean size. Wow. And the hardest part was to keep it from her altogether because she will put laundry away, so I'm like, I can't put it in a drawer. So yeah. I'm, constantly, I'm constantly trying to like put it one place, move it again the next day. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I was lucky that my fiance doesn't go in the basement, yeah. so I kept it in a little box in the basement. It was so inconspicuous. She didn't see my cars coming either, so, you know. Yeah, I had no clue. I was convinced that I would have known when he would have done it. No. <laughs> but that's the magic of it. That's yeah, the it is. So here's where I'm really curious about this. You did it to give it to fly. Was that your plan the whole way? No. Was it, you it, was, it was a pick the song, right pick the time. At the it, just, it just felt right at that point. It, it, I was th- in the beginning. I wanted to do it outside the stadium. Okay. Like you know, with all like the Facebook posts of the banners and all yeah. that stuff. I just, I'm like, it'd be cool to do it under the banner. You'll see it. But then we actually got one lady to take a picture of us, and I was just about to do it until I realized like it just didn't feel right. Okay. And actually, the ring that I the, I got a box that had a little light in the box. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you wanted that to light up. So you I wanted, wanted, you, yeah, wanted exactly. you wanted to show that off. So yeah. I knew. I mean, the toughest part about that day was after I decided I'm doing it in the stadium was getting it through security. Because I mean, I figure it's a metal ring. I'm going through security. I had it like she's gonna see what you're gonna do. So I had it like under my phone. And when I put it, the lady saw me put something under my phone, and she like swiped it to the side. And she's like, once she saw it, she was like, oh. And then the lady behind it was like, I'm I'm like, and she has no idea. She's just. I learned that with yeah, that. taking it oh, all in. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're all in. Oh, I'm so, trying to find somewhere to get a 
beer. Yeah. <laughs> so, Give It to Fly was just like, you were feeling, it was what, like, eighth or seventh song in about that? Yeah. Or? I mean, once once I heard it, and it's always been one of those songs that if we're in the car driving around, and it comes on, no matter whether we're fighting, talking, we just kind of quiet out and just kind of let the song play. So once I heard it, I just knew that it, it felt, that was the most right it felt that entire day to Because that kind of ties into my wedding that I'm doing in a year, where the groomsmen are all walking out to the uh, Vitamix String Quartet version of Give Wow. That's yeah, cool. Like, the kind I'm, of, I'm actually going to have to take that from you. I might have, <laughs> might have to do that. Absolutely. I mean, you had the tie to it. So... So it was happening that night no matter what? No matter what. Okay, so it, I, that's what I want to know, because given the fly, I didn't know if that was, was like, okay, if they didn't play it that night and they played it tonight, you weren't going to hold on. Well, actually, the funny thing is about, we only got tickets for Sunday night. Okay. So when, I, when the song came on and... I proposed the couple that was sitting next to us. They were like, Do you, "Are you guys coming back Tuesday night?" And I was like, "No, we we, we can't. We didn't buy tickets." They're like, "Well, you are, you are now." And yeah. they just handed us tickets over. And at that point, like, if I I was crying before, I was like <laughs> hyperventilating at that point. Engagement gifts. Yeah, exactly. There you go. My first wedding present. Now, but I took them. Now. So, I mean, I didn't have, like, a song set, but I knew at some point they're going to slow it down like they normally do. Yep. And then I knew it was going to be either Future Days or Given a Fly or, or something slow. I wouldn't do it to Last Kiss. I wouldn't do that to that, If you did have some patience, you could have done it to Just Breathe. That's true. And that would have been. That is true. Yeah. Really. Yeah. That yeah. would have. I mean, that was the first time. I, that's one of both of our favorite songs, too. And that night, like, the second it started playing, I mean, I had already been crying the entire night. I'm, like, sitting there, and I looked at him, and I started crying again, and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, Oh, guys, your story is beautiful. I am so happy with both you, and congratulations, and uh, I don't know what my first dance is, where you guys have figured out less than 48 hours after, (laughs) and we're like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm I'm glad you guys haven't figured out. Uh, You got a year. You got a year. You got some time. Yeah, so that was Jimmy and Allie, and uh, congratulations to both of them, and now we're going to go rock out night two. Just what a great story from the two of them. They were so nice. They were so happy, and you could just see her face, and she was just... It meant the world to both we're of them. S- we're super, uh, super happy for them because, uh, again, two of the nicest people. I mean, they were they were really great and really good sports to, uh, you know, sit there with a with a phone shoved in their face. Um, really cool. And and what we're going to do also is uh, right when this airs, we're going to drop uh, a photo of them uh, on our Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you know, we like to do little tie-ins with the podcast. So I know we're getting close to the end here, but I, I want to cap that story off with uh, night two, maybe less than an hour after we spoke to them, they opened with Given a Fly. And I'm like, Jimmy, were, were you guys balling? Like, and he's like, oh my God, we were so emotional. It's almost like Pearl Jam knew. It's like they knew they were there. Yeah. Really yeah. sweet story. And you know, when they, um, when they uh, opened with that Given a Fly riff, yeah, I looked at you like, what, yeah, what are the odds? You know, just 15 minutes before we were talking about it. So, yeah. All right. So we're coming close to the end here. Hit the music. 
Live on Four Legs podcast is happy to present a weekly podcast dedicated to the Pearl Jam Live experience. While we try to get ourselves to as many shows as possible, we have only attended a small fraction compared to their entire live history. That's why we need your help. We want to get to know who you are. If there's a live show that you've attended and you think you'd like to see covered on our program, please send us an email at liveonfourlegs, that's the number four, liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com. We want to know your entire live experience. Did you once miss a flight? Get lucky in the 10 Club Lottery? Catch a white whale? Your stories will help us mold this into the best podcast it can possibly be. You already know who we are. Now it's our turn to find out who you are. That's it for our first episode. Oh, boy. Feeling pretty good. We did it. We did it, right? And now we're going to record night two after. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I think night two episode is going to be rocking as well. Yeah, I I hope so. Um, Also, we need you guys to definitely write into us, email us, Facebook us, follow us on Instagram, uh, share your pictures, share your videos, share it all. And, you know, we're going to be asking you guys for a bunch of stuff, uh, ideas, merch ideas, show ideas. All right. So, Randy, I guess we'll pick this back up with with, uh, Fenway Night 2, Episode 2, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you then, and we'll talk to you then. Once again, we thank you guys for tuning in to our first ever podcast episode, the first night of Fenway 2018. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in. I miss you already. I miss you always. Thanks once again, and be sure to tune in to the next episode, Fenway Night 2, 2018.